Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, it's Pacific. And no, you're not seeing double. This is a second episode uploaded on Thursday. Uh, This is a very special episode that we made in collaboration with Parable Games to promote their upcoming solo tabletop RPG experience, Don't Play This Game. Imagine this. It's 2006, you have a shiny new flip phone, and ding, you got a text. But it's one of those chain messages. Send this to seven people or you die. But what if it was real? What if ignoring it meant death, but playing meant getting tangled into a web of increasingly distressing and disturbing events? Don't play this game is just that. Journal, document, create, explore, and scare the shit out of yourself in this unique experience that takes horror beyond the tabletop. Don't Play This Game is currently raising funds on Kickstarter until November 3rd, so you only have about a week or so to sign up. You can learn more, and you can even play a free demo of the game by visiting bit.ly slash don't play this game. Again, that's bit.ly slash don't play this game with a capital D. You can also find a link to that bit.ly in the show notes below, as well as the Kickstarter. But just telling you about this really cool, awesome solo tabletop RPG isn't quite enough. So we made a whole episode. Written by one of my favorite SCP authors, Rounder House, as an original story just for this show. So, enjoy this week's second episode. Warning. The Foundation database is classified. Unauthorized access will result in detainment. Within this archive, you'll find the procedures, descriptions, and accounts of the most notorious anomalies we've encountered to date. Secure. Contain. Protect. Item number SCP. Object Class Keter. Special containment procedures, coordinated by researcher Young. Efforts are to be focused on tracking SCP chain of infection and identifying possible SCP A documents. Any in-progress infections are to be observed with as minimal interference as possible. And upon conclusion, efforts made to either intercept the resulting SCP A document or track it to its destination. Description. 
SCP-0. Is a contagious memeplex associated with a set of documents, phenomena, and rules that come to dominate a singular individual's life for a period of several days to years. SCPs compels the individuals to perform certain actions as part of a game played with an unseen, unclear entity. These actions fall into a consistent and predictable pattern, and any attempt to avoid doing them or playing the game results in increasingly traumatic, harmful events occurring in the victim's life. These events may culminate in the death of the victim. As of writing, no victim has reached this point. SCPs A refers to documents that carry SCPs infections. SCPs primary mode of infection is SCP A. Victims are initially infected by exposure to a document, and the first rule established by SCP relayed through the document is to begin keeping a record of their own, documenting their experiences and mental state as they play the game. This record is not limited to written form, and can range from journals to audio memos to visual sketches. At the conclusion of their game, the final task is to send this record to another individual propagating the infection to another potential player. This individual can be anyone from a close associate to a complete stranger. Over the course of playing the game, victims will experience a general degradation of mental state, happiness, physical well-being, etc. It is unclear if this is a secondary effect of SCP or simply the natural result of being repeatedly forced into compromising and dangerous situations to avoid the influence of the entity. To date, the Foundation has collected 241 SCP A documents post-infection, and only ever successfully observed one SCP infection play out in its entirety. Addendum. Excerpt from SCP a. 71. Journal dated August 17th, 2005. I got it in the mail a week ago. Little orange journal. One of those field note types of things. I thought it was an Amazon package I'd ordered and then forgot about until I opened it and realized it was already written in. Obviously, I read it because I'm a fucking idiot. The first page or two were actually pretty normal. Grocery lists, reminders, that kind of thing. I guess they'd actually been using it as a normal notebook before they got hit. <laughs> it's funny. There's actually a little scrawled note just before it utterly fucking descends. Send back package. It's guesswork, obviously. But I had this fucking hell shit thing mailed to me by this person. It stands to reason that someone mailed it to them. On and on it goes, right? But where did it come from? <laughs> now, I suppose wondering about that is just a waste of time. But, if it's a chain, this notebook is going to end up in someone else's hands. And if you're reading this, it's too late to stop. Whatever you do, whatever you fucking do, don't stop reading. It's probably already on you. Right now, your best options are to keep your head down, do what I say, and follow my path as best as you can.
if you stick to the rules and play along with the game, you might actually have a chance. Don't throw this journal away. Don't burn it. Don't try to ignore it. Ignoring it makes it mad. Ignoring it is where the trouble started for me. Addendum. Interview with Subject Davis. Audio recording dated September 11th, 2023. Good morning. Who the fuck are you? Where am I? I represent a governmental organization invested in recent affairs in your life. At the moment, you're being held several sublevels deep in a classified facility. What? What the fuck did I do? I'm not a fucking terrorist or anything, I don't... Let me clarify, you haven't done anything wrong. You've just been caught in the wrong place at the wrong time, as it were. So, can I go? No. No, I'm afraid that's not a possibility. However, we have no intentions of keeping you here for more than a few weeks. A couple of months at most. Months? You can't keep me here for months. I have people waiting for me. I I have rights. I'll fucking tell people. Yes, we can. And no, you won't. Do you remember being brought here? What? You remember being in your apartment. You remember being here. Do you remember anything in between? No. No, I don't. What the fuck? Precisely. If you listen and obey and answer our questions, you will be returned to your home no worse for wear. All memories of this unfortunate business removed. You will be able to continue with your life, but if you resist, if you disrupt my research, I cannot guarantee your safety. Okay. Okay, fine. Fine. What do you want to know? Excellent. Do you remember a package you received several days ago? A small brown box. Oh, this is about that. Davis? Yeah. I remember. I remember it didn't have a return address on it. I only noticed that after opening it. Like a fucking moron. You opened it? What was inside? Um, a journal. A moleskin, I think. It looks expensive. I didn't remember ordering it. Not much of a note-taker. Do you live alone? Yeah, just moved into the new flat two weeks ago. I see. What, what is it? What are you writing? Just some notes. Did you open the journal? Yeah. It wasn't shrink-wrapped or anything. And I thought I saw some scraps of paper, post-its, things sticking out. So I opened it. Had a name inside. Written on the front cover. What was the name? I don't know. It had been scribbled out. The first few pages were torn out, too. Ripped right out of the book. And the rest? Well, the first page had writing on it. It was hurried, slanted. Like they were in a rush or something. It took me a couple of tries to read it, but eventually I could make most of it out. It was talking about a game. A game they were playing with... someone. Or something, maybe. It wasn't clear. They were talking about how they'd been sent something a week ago that did the same thing to them. Talked about a game they needed to play, rules they needed to follow, or their life for the immediate future would become hell on earth. 
They tried ignoring it, and bad things started happening. Bad things? They explained that later, on the next couple of pages. I didn't read those at the time. I thought it was a prank or something, you know? Some uni kids in the building having a laugh, mailing the new guy some dumb book. It's the physical equivalent of one of those chain emails. Share this with ten people, or an evil spirit will come and kill your dog tonight. <laughs> Praying on the stupid and naive. And you didn't consider yourself one of those? No. So I put the book down, resolved to complain to the superintendent if it kept happening, shoved it on the coffee table, and went to bed. Now I'm here. So here's my question. Why are you people, whoever you are, so interested in a dumb prank book? Because it's not a prank book. What? Over the past 18 years, we've been following the chain of infection of this... game. It follows a predictable pattern. Someone is exposed. Their life begins to rapidly deteriorate until they realise that the game is demanding to be played. And punishing them for not playing along. Following the rules set out by the document they are infected by, they create their own record of infection that documents their experiences over however long the game chooses to torment them. And when it's all over, they send it off to infect another individual, completing the cycle. You're insane. This is insane. I'm afraid not. We have over 200 records of infected individuals, and there are countless more out there. Until now, we've always been one step behind, finding the victim after the game has destroyed their life and shattered their psyche. But I only got the book yesterday. Correct. You represent the first opportunity to study the game as it plays out, rather than after. No, no, this is insane. This isn't real. And even if it is, I'm not destroying my life so you can study me like some kind of guinea pig. Subject, Davis. I have been lead researcher of this project for four years now. I've personally acquired and catalogued records from nearly a hundred victims. You've already read the book. It's too late for you now. Your only choice now is to play the game. Jesus Christ, you're not kidding. You're not that lucky. Addendum. Excerpt from SCPs through A32. Scrapbook. Dated February 8th, 1998. Type of media, Polaroid photograph. 7.75 by 8 centimetres. Content. A photograph of a brown cardboard box sitting on the doorstep of a suburban house, taken from outside the house with the front door opened. The package has been haphazardly sealed with yellow tape. This tape has been cut through, and the lid of the box has been opened. The photo looks down into the box. Inside is a cassette recorder and player, as well as a number of cassette tapes stacked and labelled with dates, ranging from the 4th of November 1997 to the 12th of November 1997. The inside of the house, visible in the background of the photo, is dark. A tall, dark, unclear shape is present standing on the stairs, facing the photographer. Addendum. Excerpt from SCPs. A124. Digital voice recording, dated April 20th, 2010. 
Jesus. Jesus fucking Christ. It's not a joke. Fucking shit. I thought it was a joke. Okay. Okay. I guess I need to keep this thing now. Gabe says I need to make a record. It was a journal when I got sent, but it says anything will do. Whoever's listening to this, I'm sorry, but I had to. You need to understand that, all right? I didn't want to, I didn't want to hurt anyone or put misfortune on you, but look, a week ago, I got a journal in the mail. It had some shit in it about how I needed to play a game or in seven days something bad would happen. Prank shit. I threw it away. A week later, I came home from work and all my stuff was spread out across the front lawn on fire. My book collection, family photos, everything irreplaceable in my life, burning. And at the center of the field of fire, this fucking journal sitting there, perfectly fine, mocking me. <laughs> Thought it was some psycho. Called the cops, installed new logs, got a guard dog, made fucking sure to throw that journal in the river clear on the other side of town. Exactly a week later, I woke up and found the guard dog's head sitting in the sink. It had the journal in its mouth. I got the message. Addendum, interview with Subject Davis, audio recording dated September 12th, 2023. Hello again, Subject Davis. I have some bad news, I'm afraid. What is it? As of last night, it has been a week since you first came into possession of SCP... A-241. That is to say, the journal. Okay... What does that mean? SCP... ...operates on a fairly predictable pattern. Though, how long this pattern plays out over can vary... ...wildly. Most incidences are a few weeks or months. Some, as short as a few days. Though we did have a handful of cases last for over a year. Uh, I digress. The game ramps up. Initial events are just disturbing but they rapidly escalate into the actively dangerous, both of your physical and mental state. But, if you don't start, a week after your first exposure, it begins attempting to... influence you. Yeah, the bad events. Like what the journal said. And... it's been a week. Shit. What happened? I regret to inform you... Your mother suffered a fall last night. She's in hospital. Oh, Jesus Christ. It appears that the effects are partially localised to your surroundings. Since last night, we've suffered periodic interruptions in power, water, and wireless signal throughout the facility. An anomaly was found wandering the halls, the electronic lock on its door having malfunctioned. A containment supervisor was accidentally locked inside a testing chamber during a test. She is currently in intensive care. Oh, God! Oh, God! With all that in mind, we think that attracting further misfortune would be counterproductive. It's time to start playing. 
What? So you can expose her to? Drag an old woman into this with you. Remain calm. Play along. And before you know it, this will all be over. You can return to your mother none the worse for wear. I don't control the game. I can't decide who or what it'll hurt next. It very might well injure your mother further. MRSA. An inaccurate medication. There are many things that can go wrong in a hospital. Is that a threat? No. I'm just telling you what I've seen happen to countless people in your position. Okay. Okay. How do we... uh, Start? I'm passing you a package through the slot. Open it, please. This fucking thing. In order to prevent cross-contamination, you will read the journal and inform me what it says. You don't need to relay every word, but look out for direct instructions. Okay. Hold on. Okay. The, uh, guy who had this last... the last player of the game... He says that the absolute first thing I need to do is start keeping a record of my experiences. What I do, what happens. I'm writing everything down right here. Next. Um, it says I need to find a friend. Pardon me? That's what it says. That I need to find someone that doesn't think I'm insane. Someone I can rely on as the game progresses. Ah, the confidant stage. Yes. There aren't exactly many options, and in our experiences, the confidants or friends, as your journaler calls them, rarely meet any trouble. As such, it has been decided that I will be your associate, given that I am essentially fulfilling that role already. Okay. Is something supposed to happen? Do you feel different? No. Not really. Then we'll forge ahead. I have other projects to attend to, but take notes on what your next task is meant to be, and we'll pick it up tomorrow. Uh, okay. Uh, can I make a request, by the way? That depends, Subject Davis. What is it? This, uh, cell gets really cold at night. Like, freezing cold. Can I get a heater or something? Unlikely. The heating is centrally managed. I'll look into it. But don't get your hopes up. What? Look in the glass. There's a face frozen into the glass. Open-mouthed, like it's been etched in. This wasn't here a few minutes ago, and it's neither of our faces. What the hell? Fascinating. The first event usually involves a face of some kind, so congrats, the game has begun. There's no way out but through. Addendum. Excerpt from SCP's A86. Scrapbook, dated May 5th, 2006. Contents. A cut-out newspaper clipping from the Baltimore Sun dated to the previous week and headlined, Carbon Monoxide Leak Tragically Claims Three Lives. The story is about an apartment in central Baltimore that suffered a carbon monoxide leak due to a faulty CO detector. Of the family of four inhabiting the apartment, 
the father and two daughters died in their sleep. The mother was, by chance, out of the house at the time. The story ends with a note that the mother had also lost her job the previous week. The photo attached to the story is of the apartment. Despite being taken on a sunny day, the interior of the apartment is aggressively, almost oppressively, dark. Addendum. Excerpt from SCP's A-167. Smartphone memo, dated June 1st, 2015. The thing. You felt it by now. Even if you've just been writing it off as paranoia or nerves or the wind or whatever. It's not just satisfied if you do what it tells you. That's not enough. That's not a game. It wants you to be an active participant in your own hell. I was lucky. I played tabletop games with friends sometimes, so I had dice. If you don't have any, you're gonna wanna get some sooner rather than later. It's gonna make you start rolling them to figure out your next move. It's fucked. It's really fucking fucked. This way. When you roll something terrible, and have to conquer your fear of rats to descend into a sewer to find the next object, you have no one to blame and curse but yourself. No one you can see, anyway. Addendum. Interview with Subject Davis. Audio recording dated September 13th, 2023. Is that my phone? It is a phone. We've modified it to where it can primarily only receive calls. The only two numbers you can call are 911 and myself. If you need to contact a family member or a friend for the game, call me, and I'll put you through to them. Barring that, you will call me at 8pm every night to check in, and whenever you are performing a task. At per the terms of your limited release, you will keep this on you at all times. When you sleep, it will be on your nightstand, and all your calls will be recorded. If you even attempt to inform someone of us or your situation, you will be terminated. Am I clear? Yep. Yep. Okay. But I still don't get why I'm being released anyway. At the moment, we don't know what will happen to you. This makes you a security liability. We believe it's safer for us, and by extension for you, if you are housed in a location familiar to you. That seems suspiciously altruistic. Additionally, we believe this is a more natural environment in which to observe the progression of the game. The events which befall you, how you react to them, etc. We want you to behave as you would regularly. The game should progress by itself. Uh, yeah. There it is. Leaving me out here alone to die. Should circumstances change and your life fall into danger, we will consider extracting you back to the facility. 
Who is it? Your mother. What? Let me talk to her. Hold on. Do you have any idea why she might be calling you? I, I don't know. She lives in London. It's like 2am for her. Give me the phone. Mum? Mum, you there? I'm here, Mum. Are you okay? I'm sorry I couldn't call. I heard... I can hear it. Oh, I can hear it. Oh, God. Mum? What are you talking about? Who can you hear? I can hear it, sweetie. It's coming. It's everywhere and it's after me. Oh, God. Please, sweetie. Please help me. I'm hiding in the closet. It's downstairs. Oh, God! Mum, I don't understand. What's wrong? I can't, darling. It's too much. This is your fault. Oh, God, it's coming up the stairs. Help me. Help me! Mum, close the phone. Call 999. Call 999. I just got off the phone with the agent we have stationed outside your mother's house. He investigated. She's still sound asleep in bed. Then what was I just talking to? Incident on September 14th, 2023. At 11.34pm, Subject Davis placed a call on his provided phone to researcher Young. Speaking in hushed tones, he indicated that he was hearing strange noises from the windows to his apartment, getting progressively louder. At researcher Young's urging, he grabbed a heavy object and opened the curtains to investigate. He found streaks of blood on his window from where pigeons had repeatedly slammed themselves into the glass until death. Addendum. A phone call with Subject Davis. Audio recording September 15th, 2023. Hello? Yes, Davis? You told me to call you if I ever... if something happened. Yes. Did something happen? I... I think so. Where are you? I was driving home from work. Uh, I take a back route. The motorway's always busy during rush hour. There's lots of twisting lanes through older residential neighbourhoods. I don't really know anyone who lives here. It's not a bad neighbourhood, but it's not great. Lots of foreclosed homes lying empty. Most of them get bought by some developer, flipped and sold for a profit. But this one has been sitting empty for as long as I can remember. Nobody wants it, I guess. I never really cared about it, but it was an interesting fixture. Today, I drove by, and there was a notice that they were going to be demolishing the property in the next week. I... It invited me in. The house spoke to you. Not literally, but... It was like it was pulling at me. It was part of the game. I just... I knew. So... I pushed open the door, went in. 
place is a disaster. Old, rotten, torn up boards everywhere. Trash and leaves and animal shit. Dark. But I keep feeling that tugging. So I go from room to room, looking for something, anything that explains this feeling. And it's like the house is staring, watching me, observing me like a rat in a maze. What did you find? It was in the basement, crammed into a crack in the concrete wall. It looked like a lopsided mouth. It's a six-sided die, covered in dust and soot and filth, but it was like it was shining in my vision. I pried it out of the crack and it came free. Then what? Then the house shuddered and groaned and I ran. I bolted down the stairs, flung the door open and onto the pavement outside. And an entire side of the house came down, just collapsed onto itself without the die holding it together. Crumbled into dust right in front of me. Go check the site. See if there's still a house there. See if I'm going crazy. There was something in there with me. Something having fun with me. Incident on September 16th, 2023. At 3.30pm, subject Davis made a call to research a young reporting the sudden presence of a door in his home that, topologically, did not make sense. He described it as embedded into the wall of the pantry, but rather than opening into the pantry, it led into a dim, concrete crawlspace. The only markings were painted yellow stripes on the walls, and several heavy rumbling noises could be heard throughout the tunnels. Researcher Young encouraged the subject to crawl several metres into the tunnels, upon which he reported hearing footsteps overhead, as though someone was walking overhead. At this point, the subject became overwhelmed with a sense of panic, and rapidly retreated from the crawlspace, insisting that it was going to collapse and bury him inside. When researcher Young arrived, he found a door matching the description present, but sealed from the inside, as though something was holding it shut. Addendum. Phone call with Subject Davis. Audio recording dated September 17th, 2023. Hello? Can you hear me? Oh. Hello? Oh. What time is it? It's 3.34am. Where are you? It's three in the goddamn morning. I'm... Hello? I don't know where I am. What the fuck? Where am I? We noticed your tracker began moving an hour ago and have been attempting to reach you. You would not pick up your phone. I've deployed a capture team to acquire you. I'm... I'm lying down in the woods. There are trees all around me. It's dark. Wait. No, it's getting brighter. What is that? Oh. Oh, shit! Fire! Fuck! There's a fucking fire around me! Spreading just across the way. It's spreading. Shit. We're not seeing any fire where you could be. Regardless, get to your feet and. Wait, I think. Oh Jesus Christ! What is it? I can't feel. My left leg's gone. It's fucking. Oh God! Just gone below the knee. Oh fuck! It doesn't hurt, but it's a 
listen to me. You need to get up. Find a walking stick or something to support you. I can't. Then you're going to die. Do you want to die? No. No. You're in shock, and the adrenaline rush is keeping you from passing out. It won't last. Find something to lean on and get moving, or collapse and burn with the trees. I... I found a stick. I'm gonna have... Incidences of victims of SCP causing people to sleepwalk years after they've eliminated the habit. I think I ended up in the woods once. I cried and cried, and someone eventually found me, I guess. Called the cops. I don't remember much of it, but these woods seem so familiar. The fire's overhead now, twisting between the higher branches. You're strangely calm. This little comf- Fuck! What is it? What happened? The wind blew it all out. Or at least pushed it away. What the fuck? It's really dark. I can't. I can't. It's freezing cold. Feels like it's closing in. Wow. Hey there, little guy. team arrived at Subject Davis's location, they found him kneeling, hugging a brown border collie. Subject Davis's left leg appeared perfectly healthy, to his confusion. The capture team also found no evidence of recent wildfires in the surrounding area. Despite Subject Davis's insistence, he was returned to his apartment without a security attachment. Incident on September 18th, 2023. At 7.30pm, Subject Davis made a call to Researcher Young, reporting further strange noises. This time, a steady, rhythmic knocking or beating against the front door, which agitated his dog into barking aggressively at the front door. While on the phone, Subject Davis looked through his windows and reported the presence of several masked figures standing around his condominium, staring into his windows. He pulled the dog into his room and barricaded the door to the bedroom. Per Researcher Young's instructions, a task force was not deployed for several hours. Instead, Subject Davis stayed on call for several hours, while he became convinced that the door had been broken into, and the entities were now scratching against the entrances to his bedroom door. By the time the task force arrived, they found the apartment broken into and ransacked, with several animal corpses strung up from their feet throughout the home. Subject Davis was found inside his closet, 
clutching the dog, convinced that the task force agents were further entities trying to kill him. His dog injured two task force operators before being administered a sedative. Due to Subject D's general degradation of mental health and well-being, it was decided that it would be more productive to recontain him in Site-19 and attempt to control and observe the resulting confrontation. The dog was placed in an animal containment unit on a different sublevel. Addendum. Excerpt from SCP's A14 journal. Dated July 3rd, 1998. Congratulations. You've nearly made it. You've survived a few incidents by now. You've probably noticed that they haven't really been physically dangerous. The entity doesn't want to kill you. At least, I don't think it does. It just feeds off the suffering and pain when you struggle in the game. Like a cat toying with its food. The goal is to wear you down, make your mind frayed and stressed and vulnerable enough to take advantage of. But when you can't stretch any further, it tries to press its advantage. What I'm trying to say is that you're hitting the zenith. The hallucination's getting worse, the feeling of wrongness in everything everyone says or does. The entity will try to make itself known soon. And try to take you. I wish I could give you more advice, but... I can't. Try to prepare yourself. At 4.49 on September 19th, Subject Davis disappeared from their containment chamber. Camera footage depicted him rising out of his bed, apparently still asleep, and wandering to the south-facing wall of the chamber, which was obscured by shadow. He walks into said shadows and does not reappear. The temperature sensors record the temperature of the room dropping four degrees through this event. Sixteen hours later, at 8.34pm, Subject Davis was found in a dark supply closet on the third sublevel of Site-19, naked and covered in bloody scratches, rocking back and forth and unresponsive to stimuli. He was clutching a scrap of fur, which he surrendered without incident. Addendum. Interview of Subject Davis. Audio recording dated September 19th, 2023. Davis? Can you hear me? Davis? I need you to tell me what happened, Davis. I can't know if it's over unless... Shut up. Don't. Don't say that. It's over. I know it's over. How do you know? I can tell. It told me. What told you? Explain it to me from the start. I was dreaming, I think. I'm not really sure when it stopped being a dream and started being real life. If it was ever real, I guess. But it was like I was watching myself sleep from the corner of the ceiling. My chest rising and falling and then my body moving just robotically sliding out of bed eyes open but still dead asleep and dreaming and then 
walking to the shadow in the corner of the room and just slipping into it. It was like sliding into a pool. And then I was in the shadows, and they were in me, on me, all over my body, and crawling into my ears and eyes and nose and throat. And then I was back in my body. Or at least seeing out of my own eyes. I don't know where I was. Tunnels of some kind. Maybe the ones you have in this place. Concrete, square corridors extending in a labyrinth with barely any light. I got to my feet and started scrabbling around, putting my hands to the wall and rubbing my palms on the unfinished concrete. It hurt. That was when I first questioned if it was real or not. You can't feel pain in dreams. But the blood on my palms after I cut the soft skin on a shard of concrete, the stinging was real. But there wasn't really anything to do. I picked a direction and started making my way down. It was about ten minutes before I started screaming, shouting for help. If anyone could hear me or save me, like I was back in those woods as a little kid sleepwalking out and then screaming and crying for someone to save me. But this time, nobody came. I didn't feel safe. I was twitching and spinning around every few seconds like I was expecting to see someone or something behind me. It was so dark, I couldn't see more than a few feet in either direction, but I kept hearing heavy noises. I couldn't tell if they were coming from overhead, deeper in the maze, or early behind me. They made my bones shudder. I was leaving streaks of blood on the walls of the tunnels from where I was running my hands along the concrete for stability. I kept walking because it wasn't like I could do anything else except walk. I stopped screaming. I got the sense that I didn't want to be heard anymore. That being heard would invite a kind of attention I didn't want. I don't think I would have heard the barking over the noises if I wasn't being quiet. It was familiar, so I started making low noises. Calling out, you know? The barking got closer, and I felt a little better. I felt a veil recede a little bit, and then the dog rounded the corner. I was so fucking happy to see him, I nearly cried right there. I mean, I was already on the verge of crying, but that did it. I grabbed him, held him real close, but it didn't work like last time. The presence stepped back a little, but it didn't leave. We were in it now. No way to go but forward. He led. I was on the verge of breaking down, so he led. And the corridor started getting smaller, tighter, lower, until I was on my hands and knees and the noises fell inches above my head. And I realised that this was the same crawl space that showed up in my house. Loud, suffering, claustrophobic. It was so dark, it was pointless trying to keep my eyes open. So I just squeezed them shut to stop the hot tears while I crawled and pressed my hands against his fur. The claustrophobia reached a peak, and I thought I was going to die. Then he stopped, and the little tunnel emptied into a tiny little concrete room. 
maybe six feet either side, single light bulb hanging from the ceiling. The wall on the opposite side had a mouth in it. A mouth? A huge, gaping maw, maybe two feet across. Not like a person's mouth. More like an eel's, more circular. Teeth lining the edges, darkness in its gullet. It breathed hot air, wretched, rotten stink filling the tiny space. And I realised this was what was making the noises. The rumbling. It was digestion. This was what was following me. Eating me alive this past week. Savouring me. Swallowing me and getting the fear it sustained itself off out of me. And now that I was here in its digestive tract, it spoke directly into my head. What did it say to you? To finish the game. That if I passed this, I'd be free. I begged and sobbed and tried to tell it that it had destroyed my life, ruined everything, that I had nothing left to play with or give. It didn't care. It doesn't care about your suffering. It just wants to play with you. You don't care about what the action figures go through when you smash them into one another. You didn't care about what I was going through while you played with me. Same as that thing. It told me to play. That as long as I was still alive, I had something to lose. I didn't understand at first. Then I did. It wanted a life. Blood. It could have just killed me. Eaten me alive in that little room. But that's not enough. It's never enough to just win. It wants you to participate in your own breaking. Games require sacrifice, it said. And then it started shuddering, shaking as it hooked something up and spat it wet and drenched in saliva and carved from some kind of kidney stone. It told me I could roll the dice and if it rolled well, it wouldn't take anything important. My memories of my family. Some relationships from my youth. If I roll badly, and I knew I would roll badly, it'd just take me whole, bones and all. I'd become the die for the next player. But it told me there was another option. It didn't have to be this way. I was a good player. I just had to know when to sacrifice a pawn. It took me a minute to understand what it meant. (sighs) I didn't want to. You have to get it. I didn't want to do it. He started barking when I picked him up. Growling at the mouth, but happy to be in my arms. And Oh, God. I stood there, carrying the only thing that had been with me through this fucking hell week. Jesus Christ! I fed it to the fucking dog. He screamed and yowled while I slipped him in, like paper into a shredder. 
Nothing left but fur and blood. It didn't give a fuck about the dog. It just cared that I was sobbing and vomiting the entire time. And it... It contorted into a smile. And congratulated me on finishing. On winning. I didn't win anything. I played the game and it won. And it spat me out. That's how you found me. <laughs> this is... Fascinating. Thank you, Davis. I understand this has been a traumatic experience for you. But we believe that after a course of memory-alting amnestics, you will be able to seamlessly reintegrate back into... You're not escaping either. What? What? You thought you could get away with it? You've been studying this thing for years. Think about how many journals you've looked at. Think about how many audio tapes you've listened to. Think about the record you've been writing for all this game. It really never occurred to you that you could be infected. That you could be a player. Did it? That's not possible. If I'd been infected, it would have happened years ago. I would have seen symptoms or... Things would have started going wrong in my life. Even if you'd been playing this whole time. If this was your version of the game. If your tasks were to delve into the minds of hundreds of people whose lives imploded, who went through psychotic breaks, or whose families died. Maybe the entity knew that's what would fuck you up. Or maybe it's the realisation that you've been writing a document for the past four years that details all of your experiences with SCP and publishing it for all of your buddies to see, to be infected by. You didn't even think about that. You really thought you were special. <laughs> You're not. You'll play too. We all play the game. And we all lose. Addendum. A final researcher's note. Audio file, September 19th, 2023. I've been on the SCP Zero Project for so long. I can't even imagine how many documents I've looked at again and again. Nothing bad ever happened to me. I never felt like I was being watched. Until now. Now I can't get rid of it. The peering feeling of something in the corner staring at me. Observing my moves. Well, it's paranoia. I know it's just paranoia. Davis is insane. Unsurprising. SCP-0000 has a tendency to leave the victims in fragile mental states. They're desperately seeking some kind of explanation or revenge for what happened to them. If believing that I'm a player trapped in the same circumstances he was makes him feel better until the last week gets expunged from his memory, so be it. But it's not true. It's not true. I've booked an appointment with the site psychologist to look into the hallucinations of a presence in the dark corners of the office. Studying Davis was a revelatory experience. This is just stress manifesting itself. 
I'm going to publish this document to the main Foundation database shortly. It will be peer-reviewed by dozens of my colleagues, and I will be promoted to senior researcher, as I have so richly earned. It will be fine. But, try as I might, I can't silence the little voice saying that I'm about to become an epidemic for SCP-0000. Oh, so, if you're listening to this and you wake up next week to find your parents in the hospital or your cat dead and you feel something watching you, or find a friend, start your record, and don't try to avoid it. It never works. Play the game. Survive for however long it decides to make you its plaything. Then move on with your life. Good luck. You'll need it. Hey everyone, it's Pacific again. Thanks so much for listening to this special episode of SCP Archives. And if you enjoyed the show, consider supporting Don't Play This Game on Kickstarter. You can learn more and even play the demo by visiting bit.ly slash don't play this game. That's don't play this game with a capital D. You can also find a link to that bit.ly in our show notes below, as well as to the Kickstarter itself. SCP Archives was created by Pacific S. Obadiah and John Grills. SCP was written by Rounderhouse. Our narrator slash researcher Young was Chris Harris Beachy. Davis was Vic Collins. Mother was Katrina Pacina. Victim 1 was Pacific Obadiah. Victim 2 was Tal Manier. Victim 3 was Atticus Jackson. And Victim 4 was Daisy McNamara. Our theme song was done by Tom Rory Parsons. Our showrunner was Daisy McNamara. And this week, I'm your editor and your producer, Pacific S. Obadiah. Our executive producers are Tom Owen and Brad Miska. And this is a Bloody FM show. For more information, visit bloody.fm.